0: That is the
1: psycho theme. Some of you have requested that we start playing it before the shows, and we really can't disagree with you. Uh, Bing is for doing, and we are doing the After Buzz Bates Motel show. I'm Joe Sanfilippo. I'm joined by the indomitable Duo Casey.
2: Hi, everybody. Welcome.
3: And the incomparable Nandoval. If I knew what that meant, I would maybe get offended, but I, means I love it. It's awesome. People can't <laughs> even compare to you. That's how good you are. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll accept that. No,
1: okay. no, you're welcome. It's acceptable, okay.
3: <laughs> thank you was the appropriate
2: response. Th- yeah, thank
1: you, Mr. You Sanfilippo. Thank you. And I, I'm Joe Sanfilippo. Nice to be with you guys tonight. Nice.
2: Um, nice, we,
1: nice. we are missing Mr. Joseph Braswell, which is very sad. Uh, he is actually hanging out with Oprah, so <laughs> whilst we are missing him, it is because he's doing something cooler, and we just have to accept that. That bastard. Bastard. Um, oh. Dua had some fun stuff to talk about, though, about the theme. We have I, a little, little trivia for everybody.
2: I did. Well, Hitchcock insisted for the score of Psycho, which, of course, is a famous score. Hitchcock insisted that you
1: mean people associate the score in some way with certain things. Yeah, <laughs> can we hear it again? Can we bring it up again just for fun?
2: Yeah. yeah. No, maybe not. Maybe turn Mar- it. Marissa's been like no.
1: I mean, you just can't help it. You just see a knife. It's, you just do. And yeah. it
2: gets really well. Um, Hitchcock insisted that Bernard Herrmann write the score for Psycho, in spite of the composer's refusal to accept a reduced fee for the film's lower budget. So what Herrmann did, he used the lower budget and he used just a string orchestra rather than a full sym- uh, like full, a full symphony. And then Hitchcock actually went on to remark later that 33% of the effect of Psycho was due to the music.
1: So wait a second. So he he went with that string thing because... Of the budget. Because of the budget cut. Because he wouldn't take a reduced fee. Exactly. So screw you, you're
3: paying me.
2: Yes, but I will... But it worked.
3: But no trumpets, no horns. Just string.
2: Exactly. And I think I think it worked really well.
3: So you're saying downsizing has its advantages. That's what yes. you're
1: know, saying. There, there, there's that, I remember in college, you just talked about that. Like sometimes art's boundaries are what makes sometimes amazing Something. art happen.
2: Agreed. I agree 100%.
1: Speaking of art, I'm not really sure where I was going to go with that. We could talk about taxidermy a little bit. Um, the Art of Taxidermy, a book we were introduced to today. Um, what's the name of the book? It's not The Art of Taxidermy, it's, it's the.
2: Robert Kennedy's Master of Master Course in Taxidermy Master
1: Course in Taxidermy and
2: I think that was the book And I would love for you guys to comment But I'm pretty sure that that was the book That was in Psycho That Norman Bates was reading that book
3: Certainly looked old enough to be in the original movie Yeah yeah, yeah. A
1: little Absolutely. on the older tip um, Well this, this, was a, this was a great episode Well there are always great episodes I, This is such a great show we,
3: Don't we have a special we uh, do. treat uh, today?
1: I believe we have a special guest today We have Keegan Connor Tracy Who will be joining us She plays Miss Watson She'll be joining us Is she on the phone now? Keegan, are you there?
3: Hello. Miss <laughs> Watson, I presume. Apparently. I, I'm sure not curtain. the first one who said we, that. We too. may
1: have her, we may not. I, I can't hear her. Can you hear her?
3: We'll try her again. All right, okay. we're going to
1: try her again. We all will right. be having Keen, uh, Keegan Connor Tracy, who plays Miss Watson, who you may remember from this episode, uh, from uh, a, a boy and his dog has a, a nice altercation with Norman on the a, the porch at the school there when when he tries to run yes. off and yep. she wants to
3: and ask a nice to... altercation earlier in the season with with heart palpitations and yeah. blackout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looked it looked deep. That was man. pretty early in yeah. the season. That was too. some
1: of the stuff we weren't sure if it was real, not real. Exactly. It turns out, by the way, all of our stuff that we weren't sure if it was real or not, it's really real. real. It's all real. It's all real. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They oh, show well. that
3: one scene where he's imagining his mom, and next thing you know, we're going crazy. Thing. Oh, that's not real. That's not real. And everything's real. Everything's real. I raised my hand. I, I, I predicted all of that being not real. Right, I think People, we had a whole,
1: a whole show about not real. Not and real. It was all real.
3: I think. Our, I think that show wasn't real. The show that we did. That the
1: show was fake. We, <laughs> yeah, show the other show was, was fake. real. We're we're, we're we're going in circles. Yes. um <laughs> a lot of stuff happened this episode we really get to see Norman start in on his taxidermy uh, down his taxidermy road which for those of us with weak stomachs um, uh, a little bit unpleasant that was weird yeah Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot and we definitely learned that when you do taxidermy you do it to the blues
3: okay based on that audio I'm just guessing do we have her no okay
2: she, he definitely said something interesting to Will, who's Emma's father, about how it just—it seems like such a shame to bury to bury her, to let her go. Talking about the dog, right?
1: Just put her in the ground, seemed and it, wrong.
2: It just shows how he has this problem disconnecting, and he can't let anything go. And Braswell said last week he had a prediction that he that Norman is going to start talking to this dog, and I think he might start doing it. Because at the end of the episode, there was he was sitting there just looking at the dog, and I think that he really might start.
1: Well, he was patting the dog under the chin. He was, he was, you know, scrubbing, you know, scratching, scratching. It was yep. creepy as yeah. all get out. Yep. I'm not a big taxidermy guy. I think it's a little on the creepy tip, personally. Um, well, so did Norma. Norma thought yeah, that too. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> and I like that. Like that. The that, that scene was great. I'm not saying you're a freak. I'm not saying you're a freak. Just you know, people who do what you do and look like you and act f- like you are freaks. Are freaks. <laughs> not you. You could be the
3: exception. Um, you missed Yul Brenner look alike, right? Yeah
1: did uh, Did you end up finding the song that they were playing in the beginning? Oh yeah, I thought that was really cool. I,
3: I thought it was really cool actually too that they were playing a blues song. Wait a
2: minute, what song <laughs> was this? What do you guys? This about?
3: was at the top of the scene uh, at the top of the show when they were doing the taxidermy scene with the oh. fa- uh, with uh, with the father, and they were playing. I think it was Blind and Death Man Blues. Yeah, it was and, just it was uh, cool. Uh, I'm just learning. it
2: was. It was very like funky. yeah.
3: And uh, yeah, d- the Blind and Dumb Man Blues by the Smoky B- Smothers.
2: That's Smoky what we were talking about when you're like, let's play that blues song. Yeah, that's oh, what okay. I was trying
1: to. That's what I was trying to figure out. Yeah. Um, what, what I love about that is that you know, obviously for, for Emma's dad, this is a thing. Like he goes in his shop, he turns on his music, he gets to go into his own world, and it was clearly worth. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if the, his marriage with his ex-wife was doomed or not, but uh, you know, as soon as she was out, the the dead the dead stuff started coming back in. So. <laughs> That seemed to be the deal.
3: Well, I guess you know all those animals are kind of blind and, and deaf, so yes, maybe there is a little, maybe there is a funny little pun there with the uh, title of the song.
1: How do you say? Do you, say you know, the uh, what do you say they uh, they're already dead. We can't hurt them. Yeah, um, it's
2: not. Yeah, uh, we're not hurting anybody.
1: Well, we, we got <laughs> what some stuff
2: go wrong
3: with right. Them? <laughs> yeah,
1: we got some stuff this show that 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 kind of confirms some things. I mean, the girls started talking shit about Norman in the bathroom. Emma comes out. She straightens him out. Rough. And, and I she,
2: love that. I yeah! That she, defend, she could have stayed in the bathroom, not said anything coward. She got out of there, defended him, and I just think that that shows her character. And it's, uh, yeah, I really loved it.
1: And the type of gal she is, she comes, she, you know, you're my friend. I'm not going to let them just go trash
3: you because yeah. because they think they can. There's a little throwaway there that I was wondering about. She ran in there like she was going to throw up.
2: Like, she was having an, uh, an And then attack. it was an
3: attack. Yeah, she, yeah. she li- seemed like she was going to throw up, and then she had the inhaler. Mm-hmm. So, I know we already know she's sick, but I, for a second, that, that it was just reminded me of, like, a morning sickness type of thing. I you don't know, know why. I was well, thinking that. But I know, I well, as far as I know, she doesn't. I don't think she there's any chaka
1: chaka going on
3: there. Yeah, I don't think there's any with her or anybody. But uh, but I thought it was an interesting way to get her in that bathroom. You
1: know, when I was in yeah. uh, when I went to EMT school, which was a you know an interesting thing. It turns out I'm, I'm not I'm not good at that job. I don't want any part of it because when things are broken, I'm not going to try and fix them. But one of the things they said is that women women have a tendency to run to the bathroom when something's happening to them out of, out of embarrassment, and they find that a lot of women almost choke to death or do choke to death in restaurant bathrooms and in in bathrooms and schools because they're embarrassed that something's happening hmm. and they'll run so that no one sees them choke
2: Huh. Almost ha- like the way the cats do when they cough up a hairball.
1: I have no uh, experience with cats, but I believe you that it happens. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it was, but it's an interesting phenomenon that I thought was that what the instructor was talking about. Like, you know, the, the, the literally a woman will run to the bathroom in a restaurant choking on something and die hmm. because no one follows her in. And, you know, rather than be embarrassed in front of people really? and say they're sh- they're choking. I think that was what Emma was doing, just kind of getting in there and, and didn't want anybody to see how weak she was at that moment out of, you know, maybe fear. Well, then she
3: definitely showed some strength afterwards when she heard. Yeah, yeah
2: and i think it was also to remind us that she's sick like because if something's going to happen to her in future episodes they have to periodically remind us that like this is what happens when she's sick like she's going to have an episode she's not just walking around with an oxygen tank like this is yeah this is not a permanent thing this yeah. is yeah
1: this is a, this is a slide down exactly hmm. um we we also got uh, we also get Mister Abernathy, which who we'll get to in a bit. Um, we we get to learn a little bit more about him. He's a um, he's not such a nice boy.
2: He reminded me of the Smoking Man. I know that I said X Files last week, but he reminded me of the Smoking Man in X Files when he was outside with that cigarette, just looking up at Norma's window. Just very yeah, that was
1: creepy as all get out, wasn't it? Right,
2: yeah when she was uh, when she was dusting all of the pictures. Hmm. That was that was crazy. So um,
1: do we do we know do we have Keegan? Uh, not yet. We're trying again. Not
2: yet. Still trying. All sure. right. Well, then let's I, uh, hop let's, into Norma. Let's do
1: it. Let's talk about Norma. I think uh, there's there's a lot to talk about.
2: Absolutely. So I'm actually really excited to talk about Norma this week. I feel like this was a pivotal episode for Norma. She seemed totally powerless the entire episode, which was very very weird for her. Um, it started with the scene with Abernathy. Abernathy in the hotel room where she was going to clean the hotel room. She's I can't tell if she's is she just curious about him, scared about him? It's like she wants to find out what's there. So she goes to the hotel room and there's that whole scene where she is completely and totally powerless and ends up leaving scared. Then there's the uh, the meeting with Sheriff Romero mm-hmm. where she goes um, in hopes that he will you know, help her out trying to get a seat on the board. And not only does he not help her out, he threatens to burn her to the ground if she ever threatens him. She also and so she leaves that scene completely and totally deflated. Immediately, she gets a phone call from the uh, from the school, and then she has the high school faculty at White Pine Bay talking to her about her son. Um, and that's another scene. She tried to she tried to get her control back by by switching the conversation around by wanting to pick the therapist. Um, but you know, she's. I just feel like this seen it was all wrapped up at the end of the episode when the therapist in one hour totally pegged her had her number knew exactly what was going on and he said that sometimes we try and control things in our life when everything else is out of control.
3: Right. Yeah, perfectly described her this episode. It oh, was and, and that, she got pissed. She
2: yeah. sure did and that's it scared the crap out of her and she wouldn't even admit to a professional. He goes, "Do you ever feel out of control?" and she was like, "No." No, like I'm in that complete was. Control. That was yeah. That that. But that was her time. Like that was her opportunity to just break down and be like, "No, my life is not going the way I want it to." But instead, she had to save face. She would not admit that she is not in well, control.
1: I, I think that this whole episode is a lot of, for a lot of these characters was about reality kind of setting in. Like your place in in the herd is now being shown to you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're placing in the pecking order. Yeah. Like, when, when Sheriff Romero said, you and I are not on the same playing field. Don't yep. presume to come in here and do that again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you, you don't play on my level. You don't know who I am. You're brand new here.
2: I will burn you down to the ground. Do you know what I thought of when he said that? I thought of, the, I thought of uh, Bradley's dad. Who
1: Absolutely, got, who got yeah. burned, or the other guy that got, uh, or the guy, the guy that got hung up between the uh, the yard arms there.
2: Exactly. What
1: did what did, uh, what, did uh, what did I call him? Old Dylan, but that is not his name. The uh, the guy Remo. The, Remo. Remo. <laughs> I call him Dylan of the future. Uh, Remo was saying, yeah, you don't quit this job, you get fired. Exactly. You don't get fired. You know, I mean, but fired, fired. You know, burn you to the ground. There's this is a deal. We you 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 will be lit up hmm. if you mm-hmm. mess up in this town. That's the deal. And and I think that uh, for Norma. Uh, like you said but all those doors are closing that she in her mind saw as open but they were never open
2: no yeah it's just how it, she perceived them to be yeah
1: she believed that she could make this stuff happen through charm and through just will
2: mm-hmm. but
1: it's not going her way i mean it's pretty clear this is not this is not the the place for her
2: well and it's she also invites it in as well like her following abernathy at the end stupid she exactly but th- this is like this like, is like yell why. at the
3: screen in
4: you
2: know,
3: a <laughs> horror movie stupid she should not be doing capers
2: yeah <laughs> She's no.
3: not caper qualified. She's not, yeah, she's not caper qualified.
2: <laughs> no question.
3: Kids do capers. <laughs> but not she's Norma. A, not Norma.
2: At least not alone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she, like, she, obviously she's scared of him. She follows him anyway. Um, and that scene seemed very much like the usual suspects. It's like they're painting this guy, Jake Abernathy, into, like, a Kaiser Soze kind of character
1: which it turns out he might be.
2: Yeah. Exactly. You don't know, but they're definitely they're definitely leading us to believe that because he is and he's one of those guys that doesn't get mad. Like he you could tell that he was really upset, but he in his not being overly angry, he's actually a lot more scary.
1: Well, you know, it's one of those things that happens, I think, when, when you go into business for yourself. I think there's a psychology to it. You start to think you're kind of – you're not you're a big shot, but you're taking on a lot more responsibility than a, than a, than a quote-unquote employee for the first time. And you're, you're doing something on a, on a grander scale, and you have a, a place. So, I mean, this is the first time she's had her own business. She has an actual landmark, so to speak. I mean, this is the big hotel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a motel, whatever you want to call it. So she feels that she's entitled to this position all of a sudden. And the town is really letting her know. In this episode, that is not the deal. Yeah, you. I'm the sheriff. That doesn't. I don't work for you. I work for me, and I deal with much more important people than you. You and know, I'm not on your playing field. And she a- underestimates Abernathy. Huge. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. But I'm going to follow this guy. What are she, you
3: crazy? But then it even goes down to. The principal and the teacher over her son. Absolutely, it, it goes all the way down. Even
2: with Emma's father. Yeah. When she sits down with Emma's father, she goes, "I don't want you to do this." And he's like, "We're not hurting anybody. These animals are already dead. What could possibly be wrong with this?"
1: Right. What? What? Happened, the, the, <laughs> doesn't that sound like the uh, the uh, what you call it? The it's ironic. Uh, the ultimate irony line. Yeah. I, I wrote it down. Uh, it Was a young person following his passion. What could go wrong with that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, why do you think that Sheriff Romero actually reacted the way that he did? Because her grievance was that they're going to create this bypass that's going to essentially cut off the motel. Now... For some reason, I think that Romero really wants this bypass. Well, there. let's
1: let's examine the small town in a, in a brief sort of way, shall we? Sure. So we have we have various competing interests that are existing in this town. There are people that want the bypass; otherwise, the bypass would not be happening. Mm-hmm. Someone is going to a planning commission somewhere and saying, "We want state money for this bypass." Mm-hmm. Well, what's the purpose of the bypass? Well, it'll bring business and yada yada yada. There is a committee that is put up that is then this is the planning the planning committee she mm-hmm. sees the seat open on right? Yep. That's the local committee. That committee moves it up up the ladder to the county commission and then that goes up to to uh, further up the line uh, planning commissions and then eventually that money tr- comes down from the state or through a federal grant and they build that road mm-hmm. so there is someone who in town needs that road to be built for their business i would imagine that that is not a up and up business i would imagine they're moving some product that they shouldn't be moving who gives a shit whatever the reason is that person is bigger than norma and that is what the sheriff i think was telling her mm-hmm. like really laying it down like hey you ain't shit and don't think that you and I are friends because I, d- I pulled you out of the fire once. That was as much for me as it was for you, but don't remind me of that ever again. Well,
3: this all goes back to the town. We haven't really seen the town spotlighted in a while as far as the, uh, the fact that everyone's rich. But it's you know, right? the, the, the most, most logical resource for that town has dried up. Because it was a small town, I believe. What was it? Uh, there was a lumber, lumber. I, I can't remember what it was, but they were saying how uh, how how their regular resources have dried up. I, right.
2: I don't remember what it was. I remember them cutting the lumber at yeah. that festival, but I don't remember. I what think it was that. a logging
3: town. I think maybe, it was a logging was. town, but yeah. they were even admitting that that look at all these people driving expensive cars. They're not doing that from this resource. Yeah. So it just goes to show that that the town's finally starting to fight. It's almost like the town's fighting back now. The town's taking center stage again here. Well, Between last week when. Norma went in to try and put the pamphlets in the restaurant and all, all the interactions she's having mm-hmm. with townspeople just everyone in the area, the town is fighting back.
2: It's like she's swimming upstream she's yeah. having a really difficult time
1: no, it's it's a rough scene, and 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 there is nothing quite like the moment when you get really shown who you are in in a bigger picture, mm. and and uh, that's uh, that I think that for a lot of for a lot of this episode was Norma's deal. Like you are getting shown over and over again that you just can't push your way through this stuff.
3: And mm-hmm. and props to uh, not just not just Vera Farmiga, but every single person, pretty much, as she had a scene with this, scene, this episode, because I think it was like spot on. Jerry Burns was great as Abernathy, yeah. Nestor I'm Carbonell, so awesome. Romero, everyone. All the way down to, to just people who, like the psychiatrist, whose first episode, you we've know, right. seen him. But, uh, and I guess that's a testament to her, and also just the people she's with, but but like there's acting classes, right? there. Right. Especially with Norma, because some of those scenes, she comes in with an ego, and she comes in thinking she's on top, and just to see the status change, the swerve, and her
2: reactions are oh, yeah. amazing amazing
3: oh when he says have you considered coming to therapy by yourself and
1: or, or when just I think the therapist just asked her to, to hang out for a moment by herself yeah and there's the way her head goes back. Yep. <laughs> Excuse me? What? Yeah. That's, like, just so taken aback. Uh,
2: and yeah. I loved, I, I loved the scene with Abernathy in the hotel because it was like this dance. Like the way it was blocked and mm-hmm. everything. The when she was, first of all, she didn't want him to be there. So now she's automatically, the control has shifted because now she's in the room cleaning the room and making the bed. She's while he's meeting. B- Watching. She, that's her. right.
1: She's not acting as the manager. Not acting as the owner. She's acting as the maid.
3: That is her function. So yep. she's immediately demeaning. She's, she's and, sneaking and, around, trying to be trying to be a little sneaky with her agenda there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then immediately he starts asking these questions that he obviously already knows the answer to. We mm-hmm. find out later in the show. But and then the very 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 end when she wants to take that cart. Out. And he
0: grabs it. And he
2: grabs it and he just grabs the towels and then all of a sudden she's like almost like a like a fawn walking well, away with her like
3: even you know. before that when he stands up and she's still kneeling yeah. by the lamp. Yep. Even that, that whole status change right there, and it was so menacing in so many ways because they were just talking about Keith Summers, and here he is in such a dominant position over her. Yeah. So the, much the status the lamp in this that episode. That she you're hundred percent right. Yeah. So, so much status
1: yeah. mm. and status. You know, a lot of the time we kind of get away from that. We don't really think about it, but so many status changes. And you're 100 percent right, Norma drops status with just about everybody in this yep. whole episode.
2: Yep, and Absolutely. a lot of it
1: is not because she wanted to, not because she recognized the need to. She was forced to. Yeah, mm. and but, that's a big deal. That's a big difference.
2: But luckily, it was. It ended up being Dylan at the end of the episode that was her saving grace. Yeah, that, you know, she's had this terrible day. She finally, you know, kicks out Abernathy after the scene with the therapist where she's like, I'm totally in control. I'll show you right now I'm in control. I'm going to go and I'm going to kick out Abernathy and I'm going to make him leave. You know, she handled it, as she said. And then Dylan comes up and he's like, how many rooms do we have? I'm going to fill up your hotel for a couple of weeks with these. Be-. Like, he really saved her. She was so excited.
1: Again, she yeah. has no idea. And and it wait until she finds out that it's the pot trimmers that are they're hanging out in the hotel. That's not going to go well either. <laughs>
4: uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the weed trimmers. There's nobody there that's got a legitimate business. Nobody no, there. No, no you're nobody not, there. You're not driving a Cadillac off uh, off an antique shop. <laughs> I don't care how good your antiquing is.
2: By the way, I think it's hilarious that Norma's like, "I will not have any illegal activity going on in here." Uh, well, you ain't gonna have nothing happening. <laughs>
1: exactly. You're gonna be but- empty. Mm. <laughs> uh, the status change, I think, is such a good, the good thing you brought up. Uh, is it Nana? You yeah. You both brought it up. So, so well done. Because, uh, you know, over and over again, you know, the status, the, the, this whole episode, she's just knocked down. Mm-hmm. And Romero, he blew my mind. Like, there was a deadliness to him. There's a listen. Don't ever do that again. And don't you and, I, and just just the way he said it to her. We don't play on the same field. It was it was not an intro to a conversation. It was not an opening gambit. It was not. It was. He this just is the shot end of her this. down. Yeah, absolutely and don't ever do this again and we are not this we're not we're not social we're not friendly we're not friends yeah. get out of my office well
3: even that scene when she called uh in the beginning when she called the the receptionist or or uh the police right. star, and she had to spell Bates. yeah
2: b-a-t yeah, yeah she
3: had to totally spell Bates. even even that phone call here she is calling like their old friends and now she's got to be like uh yeah she's got to spell her name uh
2: no. who are you again yeah exactly yeah, you,
3: you ain't nothing lady <laughs>
2: Um I loved Romero's reaction when she made the proposal that she did and he just doesn't his expression doesn't change at all and he's just well now why would I why do would that? I do
1: that <laughs>
2: like what <laughs> this is why this is why you're here
1: I, uh, are you trying to say you have something? I mean that was just it was a great scene. But Abernathy, you're hundred percent right. When he's standing there in front of him and she's kneeling down, I mean literally the, the status is gone. Yeah. And he grabbed that cart, he took control of that. That was violent. That was a violent straight move. up a violent move. Absolutely. And, and it was a warning shot that Emma was too stupid to I'm not Emma, I'm sorry, Norma was too stupid to see. Yeah. That's your warning. Yeah, and then she follows him. My goodness, like she's like she's Nancy Drew. She Nancy Drews it over to the over to the harbor, and that did
2: not work out well at all. Well, it's her need to have control, and now that she doesn't have it, she's gonna chase after it. Even I mean, Norma, number one, like she finds herself in these crazy situations. You know, she doesn't have the best taste in men. She always gets herself in these crazy pickles, and it's because she literally follows it. She chases after it, and that's why, and that's why things happen for her the way that they do.
1: All right, let's do this here. What is Abernathy after? What is he looking for? Is it the book?
2: Um, I thought about that, but I wouldn't think I I wouldn't think so because the book was in room four. He's in he's room. in room nine. He's right? in room nine, and I would think that he would have looked in room four. Um, he and then for a quick second, I thought it was the belt, and I was like, no, well, that's silly that no, he doesn't know anything. You didn't even know about the belt. Yeah. Um, Uh, It's something of Keith's. Um, Because that was Keith's boat, right? That was the boat, yeah. That was was Keith's boat Mm -hmm. that he went on to. I don't know. Nando, do you have anything?
3: I mean, the only thing I could think of... I mean, obviously the book is the thing that comes to mind, but it was in a different room, so it couldn't have been that. The only other thing I could think of is somebody else has whatever it is he's looking for, which means that it doesn't end in the town with Shelby.
2: I honestly think that it's something that we don't know about yet.
3: You think it's a mystery?
2: I I do. I... um, I do like the way that Abernathy said. I'm Keith Summers was the bottom rung. I'm on the top rung. Yeah. Um. Almost in almost insinuating that he is this boss that that,
3: that Remo was talking that about. Remo as well. was yeah. talking so about. He's, he's the big boss.
2: I don't think he is. I actually think I'll save who I think the boss is for predictions. You,
1: you think Ooh. he's the sheriff?
2: Well, I said I was going to say I do. Look I do. how mad you're <laughs>
1: right now. Oh, that's awesome.
2: I think it's the sheriff, and I think I think it's the sheriff. Yeah. All I right, you think it's do. Romero? I do I think Romero's the big boss Might
1: be But yeah. Abernathy What do you, How do you put it he's, he's way up the ladder Keith's at the bottom rung I'm at the top
2: Exactly yeah. yeah Like Keith didn't know And then I don't understand I don't What What concerns me Is why he thinks That Norma knows this Like this was obviously something And how did he know That Norma was sleeping With Shelby Shelby
1: And if he was And, and if Norma was sleeping With Shelby Is his reasoning Then you ought to know What this thing is How could you not know
3: Well the restaurant owner Last week knew too
2: Oh alright Well okay
3: so just you know the small town where it gets out. All right. It does
1: get out. All right. It does get out. Nando Val, uh, let, let's get let's get into Norman a little bit here. Let's talk about Norman and Emma.
3: Well, you know, this is just like uh, we're finally realizing that everything we thought was was fake was real. I think starting off, we realized finally, okay, Norman is not the chick magnet that we all were wondering what the hell's going on yeah, here. A
1: bizarro world, where we living in? Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> I mean that that scene in the bathroom was the first time we actually got to hear anybody talking badly yeah, can, can
1: i tell you that that was actually comforting what? to me in a way
2: it was one of your predictions well yeah do you, do you remember that i do okay
1: but it, but that scene was comforting to me not not just because my prediction was right but because social universe is still the same like i was like god what the what the hell's going on is it completely different oh wait no. i Speaking think we have of, her online we have, do we have do we have is this Keegan?
2: It's Keegan <laughs> Hi, how are you? We've
1: made it work Keegan, yeah, Connor, you? Tracy, you guys uh, Keegan, I'm Joe This is uh, we're here. You're here with Nando Val And Dua Casey
2: Hi, how are you? Hey, how are you? Hi,
1: Keegan so I you thought got, I got stood up What's that? I
3: thought I got stood up We would, we we would never would be that rude No,
2: not no. <laughs> Absolutely not So Keegan plays Miss Watson On Bates Motel um, And you were actually in this episode Have you seen the full episode? I have, yeah, and what what did you think what were your thoughts on the episode? H-
1: how did you think you did
4: I, I think you did okay <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that, nice. <laughs> rousing compliment. <laughs> <laughs> He's the sarcastic
3: one. He's got away with the ladies.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really, I can tell. (laughs) How long have you been single? Oh, no. Oh, Oh, She said she'd come back.
2: (laughs) She's quick with it. I thought it
4: was good. I thought thought, it was interesting for me to watch because I hadn't, you know, I don't always get a chance to see things, so it was nice to see, and um, I'm really curious what people will think of where it goes from here, you know, with her. Just clearly keeps getting sort of closer and closer to Norman and and obviously that puts her against um, <laughs> Norma
2: well this is She's what pretty I invested you know this is what I found really interesting is that when in this episode when you uh, when Miss Watson witnesses the <clears throat> the exchange between Bradley and Norman, she—I mean, she's she's so drawn to it. I don't think that normally a teacher would probably just you know kind of get on with class. But you you do have seem to have this cra- like this weird connection with him. Um, it was also in I believe episode one as well when you sat down with him and and you were and just you, talking. There is there is this connection that you guys yes. have. I think
4: so. I mean, I think. You know, it's always, I talked about it a lot in interviews this year, there's a line up against which she sort of constantly butts, you Mm -hmm. know, and uh, I don't know, it's hard to tell, I think, sometimes whether or not it's just an innocent teacher who's looking at a kid that she thinks may be troubled or, you know, needs some some extra attention and a teacher whose attentions go too far. Mm -hmm. I found myself asking that a lot when I was playing it, thinking, if this was a man, what would they think? You know what I mean and, and it's, there's a very fine line there between this sort of caring female figure and somebody who's being lascivious.
3: Well, it adds to, it adds to all the other girls that at least in the beginning of this season, it's just seemed weird how Norman was getting along with all the females outside of the house and, uh, and the attraction and of course you, your scene in particular was such a big one because uh, you, you got the heart beating really, really fast, the palpitations and then uh, and then he blacked out of there. So, uh, oh,
4: right from the one where he was imagining uh, <laughs> the
2: the the bondage fantasy the whole bondage thing exactly yes. so, <laughs> and that's something that
4: I think you normally think about your teacher, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you do it your way, I'll do it mine
4: but <laughs> <laughs> well, or your mother, for that matter, if you were watching closely enough,
3: yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and we 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 definitely have, have seen some of that uh, in this season in Bates Motel as well between Norman and his mom. So yes, it seems to be an extension of that.
1: So so does it go that way? Do you? I mean, well, I don't know what you can tell us or not. But but are we going to go? We going to go down that road and see some confrontations between Miss Watson and Norma? Aside from the one we just uh, saw today.
4: Uh, I get, I can't tell you that kind of stuff. Ah. It's all right. Nobody's listening. Uh, no nobody one <laughs> listens to the show.
3: We barely listen.
4: Uh, I, I think everybody who's been watching the show will be really happy and interested and amazed by what happens in the last couple of episodes. Well, you know, they really have tried to give you something that will have you flying by the seat of your pants. I think you know.
3: What do you? What kind of research do you have to do for something like this? Because uh, do you really have to pay attention a lot to uh, Psycho to the book and the movie? Uh, how fascinated were you with the detail that they tried to to keep with this homage? Homage, excuse me.
4: Well, you know, I think they have have been saying all the way along that it's really um, a sort of modern retelling. It's it, it, it has no necessarily any faithfulness to the original. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think it's been surprising at every turn. That's how I have felt about it.
2: Hmm. It's. Can I ask you a question at the beginning of the episode, That the book, the taxidermy book, was that book actually also in the movie?
4: That, that I don't know. I can't tell you. Sorry. Oh, no, that's all right.
2: That is all right. So, um, you also, I I, uh, I read your bio, um, and I noticed that you studied business, and then you switched to psychology. Yeah. So, is there...
4: Right about the time that calculus came about. <laughs>
3: ah. <laughs> I had a similar experience. Yeah, I think I did, too. Calculus, yeah. that, that kills us all. <laughs>
4: yeah. And economics 101. I'm like, I don't... I just... This is not for me.
1: <laughs> how could incurring the debt be good for the business? I don't
4: understand. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, this isn't even real money. This is crazy. You people are all nuts. So how... <laughs> it's true. And and it and it became true, right? The whole economic crash. It's all about money that doesn't actually exist.
1: It's so bananas. I, I do think that we put out some seriously deranged business people for a lot of generations. I don't think we'll recover anytime soon, but that's a different conversation.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting pretty canceled on this one.
2: <laughs> oh, my. So, what, so after studying business and then psychology, when did you actually um, start studying, or when did you, how did you get into acting?
4: Well, it was always what I wanted to do. I just didn't want to be, you know, like a 17 year old. All I ever did was high school.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I really felt like getting an education was important, and I traveled and I did a lot of things. Um, um, I, th- I think you have to live life to play life. So, that was my philosophy.
2: Oh, that's a, that's a great. I I like that, and um, hold on.
1: Let me ask you a question does <laughs> Does Miss Watson know about some of the stuff going on in this town?
4: You know, that's a really good question, and I found myself asking the same thing. And I don't have an answer for you. I think you would, it would be hard to not know what's going on in that town,
2: since it's such a small town.
4: Yeah, and I think some of it is so over. Surely she's looking around at some of these kids and thinking, "How is it that your parents can afford that BMW they gave you?" Or you you know, Hmm.
1: well, that yeah, that would be my thought. And then uh, has has that well, you you haven't have you made a decision on that person? Yeah, probably personally you have. Um, But then does that influence the way you're playing? uh, The way you're playing, Miss Watson.
4: Well, I think it certainly—it spoke to why maybe she's so intent on protecting Norman. Maybe she knows about the kinds of trouble that he can get into with some of these kids and some of these these people in this city, and, and I think she sees that coming. Maybe you know. Oh, it's she recognizes
1: a, kind of like an innocent kid in over his head.
4: Maybe you know. Like I don't think she's blind to what's going on. She seems intuitive and smart and observant.
1: And super, super the character is super sensitive to Norman, and and that was something we questioned in the beginning whether or not all the stuff that was going on was necessarily real, whether or not your interaction in that it was, it was the first scene,
2: or wh- whether it was just Norman's projection, right, uh, of what his teacher should be.
1: Whether your character was as into Norman's feelings as you were in that first scene together, I think, or or whether or not that was something he was fantasizing.
4: It well that's... An interesting perspective, certainly based on the time, you know, how many times we've seen him talking to his mother and she's not there. Anything is possible with Norman's (laughs) like.
2: And also, you seem to have, I mean, you have, I I mean, you have this very classic look about you, but I feel like stylistically, they also, um, they also almost, almost like very kind of like 30s ish or 50s. Like they seem to, they seem to keep you kind of like encapsulated in this certain period.
4: Yeah, I think that was interesting how that came about, because I don't think that was conceptually something that they had before I came in. It was sort of something that I brought, and then Monique, who is the costume designer, who's so great and so brilliant, it just sort of kind of really organically came together, and I, I think it was just brilliant what she did, you know?
1: Yeah, we've talked quite a bit about how Norma And in Tom, the- in
4: hair, too. I, I can't forget Tom, because I really think that's part of it. It's, it's this very iconic kind of hairstyle.
1: And they do a similar thing with with uh, with Norma. I mean, the only time we've seen Norma outside of her uh, her, her kind of '60s esh '60s esque uh, you know in 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 the hotel uniform is when she's she went to town that one time I think with uh, with Zach Shelby. But for the most yes, part, or
4: when she went to meet um, the sheriff, sheriff Romero. And you know, if you pay attention to the wardrobe on this show and most good shows, it's brilliant. I mean, the, yeah. the little low cut shirt that they put her in, mm-hmm. you know, it's always Norma's way. She's smart. Norma is very smart and. She's very manipulative and she knows what she's doing with every piece of what she has on, you know.
3: And she's also well it's not just Norma too but Emma as well. It seems to be that you three stand out with your style very differently than than the other females at least in the town.
4: Hmm. Mm. So but well, then I guess they're doing their job well. I guess so. Well, that, it makes it makes
3: w- it makes you wonder if there's some kind of connection between the three of you in that case too if you include Emma in that too since there mm. seems to be something there.
4: Have we seen... Am crazy, we... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy taxidermy dad? I
3: a crazy taxidermy dad. do you find yourself watching
4: Michael whoops tweet that guy.
3: <laughs> well, you know, he was pretty funny
1: and Norma's, Norma's very, like, well, you're not a freak, not you. You it's, it's people who do what you do and look like you and act like you, but not you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. How far ahead for something like this, I just feel it's so it's just so complex and it seems to everything seems to be unraveling when you're doing scenes like this do they do they spring a lot of this stuff on you or, or the, have they given you a lot of research at all uh, ahead do you do you have a, a a bit of a floor plan even when you're doing these scenes
4: no not necessarily I think you know you get your script and you do what you can with what's there and everything else you make up I mean for me backstory and script analysis is a really big part of what I try to work with so I just had to have a story for what she was and what I didn't know I had to make up on my own so that I felt like she had a through line about why she was doing the kinds of things that she was doing.
1: Well, I'm very excited to see where this goes. Uh, I'm very excited to see you and Norma butting heads eventually because I do think there's no way around that. Um hmm.
2: Well, I think that would be kind of fun. Any other female in Norman's life, actually any other person in Norman's life, I think that Norma really has issues with. So, yes, I think I think that it would be great to see those scenes between you two.
1: And and you Yeah. Know. Yeah, I
2: would
4: you've got to watch out, Norma is above and beyond the call of duty, I would have to say.
1: D- deeply. Deeply troubled beyond the call deeply of duty.
4: Deeply so, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, although in this episode, she did seem to be completely and totally powerless in every single one of her scenes. She was all well, about...
4: Thanks- when you think about where she's at, I mean, she's gotten herself into a tremendous amount of trouble that she really never meant to get into. If you consider her as having been relatively innocent before she got there, there was a series of really unfortunate events, and I think she's, like, you know, getting backed further and further into a corner. And, uh, well, I guess we always, you know, whenever you do that with any animal, bad things can happen. So I, I suspect that that's got nowhere to go but up for, for her as a character. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we all know eventually she winds up in a rocking chair in, in a basement. <laughs> so, I mean, eventually we know where this lands. But, um, but, uh, but, but, but what, how
4: we get from there to here is is going very to be the fun. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, well, what's up next for you? What else, where else can we find you aside from, from here at, at, at the old Bates Motel?
4: Uh, well, like, there's always the blue fairy on Once Upon a Time.
1: That's, yes, the blue fairy. Yes, yes. We're happy
4: to be here. Yeah, uh, I just wrapped words and pictures with Juliette Binoche and Clive Owen.
0: Oh wow! Oh, wow.
4: fabulous! It, yeah, that was it. Was great. And Fred Scibey who directed like Six Degrees of Separation and you know all these other many films that of course I can't rhyme off. Um, but it was just a great. It was a great experience to be on. And um, I'm moving on to a movie. I'm playing the mother of a teenager for the first time. I, I felt like I got booted off a little bit of a cliff on that one, but. <laughs> <where I'm> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's there's a moment, isn't it? We, we, we see it yeah, for the correct. mother of the fire woman. <laughs> wow! You said the what now? The the mother of the teenage? I don't know. You you must have misunderstood while you're reading the script.
4: That reminds I, me. Of I that, did. I thought they said she was two.
3: Right. Backstory: She's adopted. She's totally adopted.
2: <laughs> yeah. Excellent.
4: You,
3: you, we've got you I adopted like her when you were twelve. This. It's perfect.
2: <laughs> reminds me of that scene in First Wives Club with Goldie Hawn's character she's talking oh, about oh remember her. that yeah she's like oh, yeah we want you with no Monique's mother what oh yeah. I
1: remember that that was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: yes the cliff comes for us all
1: it does <laughs> it does well, well Keegan we look so forward to having you back will you come back and talk with us again hopefully
4: of course I will I'd be happy to thanks for having me oh
1: awesome. thanks for coming by thank we'll, you so we'll, li- much. we'll phone him up anyway uh,
4: yeah keep watching let me know what you think I, I think you're going to like the ride
1: well, we look forward to seeing what what you guys come up with. Uh, Keegan, Connor, Tracy, you guys. Let's hear it for her.
4: Thanks. <laughs> that was our fake in-studio Thanks.
3: audience. They love you.
4: Thanks. <laughs> I love you back.
3: Oh, and what's your Twitter, by the way, Keegan?
4: At Keegalicious.
3: At, Ooh. At Keegalicious. How do you spell that?
4: K-E-E-G-O-L-I-C-I-O-U-S.
1: That's, I, I'm going to misspell that, and I'm going to get some weird I, emails she's got about do exercises yeah. that I'm supposed to be doing.
4: <laughs>
2: Along with my...
3: Yeah, to exercises. I'm it.
4: taking a little Twitter holiday, but you can, you know, I'll be back. If, it won't be long. I can't stay away.
3: Okay. <laughs> good to know. Good to know. <laughs> well, thank you,
1: Keegan. We'll, well, hopefully we'll we'll chat again soon.
4: Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care. Have a good night.
1: Take care. You Great. too. Thanks. thanks. Keegan Connor Tracy you guys Plays Miss Watson That was so nice of her to call in right? She's
2: funny Yeah she, she is, is. She's, oh, she's She chopped me up right away Yeah she is yeah, she's That was not my favorite that part your crap. That was my favorite part really
1: <laughs> I ain't taking the shit off of you Joe
2: <laughs> was this Joe how's,
3: what's it like to, to lose status right there no, in uh, the um, that scene there I mean, she, was, she was standing over me was, yeah. uh, <laughs> She took my <laughs> card away
2: Yep You almost <laughs> broke a lamp <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it was neat what she said though about Norma and and, uh, and and a confrontation. I think that's true though. Any any woman that does get between Norma, but uh, i Norma and Norman, you yep. are you, you you are in the line of fire. You're in trouble. Yeah,
2: yep. absolutely.
1: absolutely. Hmm. Well, well, let's let's talk some more about uh, about Norman and Emma. Yeah, I, I do think uh, I do think we uh, we we haven't touched on that quite a bit.
3: Well, yeah, let's uh, quickly go for that because I know we we got I know some we got to wrap it quick. But uh, but yeah, I mean, what I was saying before about the the girls finally we got to hear we got to hear people talking about Norman and we get to see Norman the way we actually see him. We 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 see the town thinks a little bit of him odd. Uh, you know, he was referred to as emotionally awkward. Uns- unstable. What, what did a- Ms. Watson not- say about him? Yeah. Oh, could I ask Emotionally
2: her? unstable, I think.
3: Was it emotionally unstable? I thought it was a yep. slightly different word.
2: Emotionally unusual.
3: That's it. Emotionally ah. unusual. I th- thought it was slightly different. So we're finally seeing the town... React to Norman the way we expected the town to react to Norman. Like
1: I said, it makes it, it makes me in a way happy because the universe is not upside down and everything's okay. Yeah, and, uh, and
2: we don't have to have all of our weird conspiracies of what is and what isn't.
3: Yes, yeah, and then of course, uh, and then of course, Bradley too. I mean, now now we know without a doubt that they had sex because they definitely she, had the she sex. She pretty much admitted that in that conversation before he ran out uh, all upset
1: and not for anything. Way to go, Norman. Way to go.
3: <laughs> Moving on. And his mannerisms were even really odd. Okay, good. Our manner- His mannerisms were e- really odd. When Miss Watson grabbed him, his little brush back was really yeah, very just, awkward. You, yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't fluid. It was just jerky and it, weird. And- very well, jerky, yeah. Because
2: he's not used to reacting like that. I think that it just like comes out in these pops because he's so he keeps everything in and he doesn't react and he yeah. smiles and even when Emma was telling him you know I, I defended you because people were talking about you and he goes oh and then he smiles because he doesn't know how to react yeah. the way that people are supposed to react well,
1: You know, I, I kind of get the vibe that he's got his reactions are, are happening but he's stepping on them because he feels or he knows on some level that they are not okay like his reaction to um, to what Bradley was saying to him was, I would imagine, pretty deep and pretty, and pretty violent But he, he wouldn't allow it to come out And mm-hmm. when he said he had to leave I think it was very similar to Emma having to go in the bathroom So people didn't see her coughing and choking He has to leave so that no one can see his reaction wherever, Whatever it's going to be, wherever it's going to be He's not going to be in front of people And so when, when, when Miss Watson grabbed him I think that that forced It forced that out a little bit Because he was trying to get away so he could pop off in the woods Or pop off at the, at the house, wherever he... That was my thought
2: he doesn't know he blacks out, right? Is no, this... I don't
1: think he knows. Cause his... I don't think he realizes it.
2: Okay, so it's... Now,
1: we established that last week, right? We, yeah. we all agree that he does not know. He doesn't know, okay.
2: No. So, I'm wondering why he like finds the need to stifle himself or run away if he's getting out of control if he doesn't know that he goes to these places that are just abnormal.
1: Well, I, I still think he gets angry, though. I mean, I, I think he knows about the anger. I just don't think he knows where it goes after that. Yeah. What do you think? I think matter is it a matter of degrees. I, I
3: think I think he acts a certain way around his mom, and he knows he can act that way around her. But around everybody else, he he needs to control himself. And she, the way she protects him and the way she coddles him, I think I think it reinforces that.
2: Uh, maybe him. maybe that's what's made him ill prepared for how to handle social situations. Well, exactly.
3: I mean, you saw her conversation with him when when she said she had to bring him to a therapist. Now, yeah. she, you know, there was a very very interesting uh, conversation as well. It, it seems like he knows that there's something that he does is not right and she's trying to hide it. She's trying mm-hmm. to protect him. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I think I think he is he he is chaining himself a little bit with his actions. But another even another awkward thing was when he was having that conversation with his mom, and he said how he he fits in at school. He the way he had his uh, arms like on his hips, but it was really weird and back. I but thought it was a very odd. Was, like I fit in, and right? and, and his pants <laughs> even looked a little higher up, kind of like Granddad saying, but, "Yeah, I, I get what you hip kids are doing. Or I something. fit in with the fellows at the school." Yes, exactly. <laughs> I drove my jalopy over there, uh, and- but you. Please give me a ride for my taxidermy lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, we are, we are. This is the more awkward uh, Norman that we're seeing, and this is this is exactly how you know we see. And you know what's interesting too? We've been seeing Norman through Dylan's eyes throughout the uh, throughout the episode, oh, not the episode, throughout the season. But mm-hmm. this episode, Dylan was incredibly separate the whole time. He was yeah. on his own journey. So it's almost like okay, we don't have Dylan to use as that ground but the town kind of took over for that a little bit in a way
2: that's yep that's exactly right ooh that's
1: a great way of looking at yeah. it yeah yeah. we're looking at it through through the town's eyes and, and everybody's a little bit different
2: and because
3: yes. we're looking at it through the town it seems like again kind of like with Norma losing status uh, throughout the episode we're seeing Norman as the pitiful person that they, they expect him to be yep. or sad person that they expect him to see puppy dog you know like a little pet you know all those all those references the girls made hmm yeah so. They were,
1: that was so vicious, but but you know, yeah,
3: uh, I, and yeah, and then I was going to say, of course, uh, when uh, when Emma and Norman have that scene toward the end, Emma seems to be the only person. She's she's again the old soul that kind of uh, that kind of gets him. And wa- and loves him. You know, she she doesn't really say that. She finally admits that she likes him to him, right? To his face, she said, "Yeah, I kind of like you, but you're special. I feel safe around you." She's the only one who really feels safe around him. Bad move, Emma. <laughs> Bad move, Emma. And uh, and yeah, she he's special to her, and she considers him a friend.
2: I uh, thought it was so sweet when she was like, "I'm kind of used to things not going my oh God, way. Oh, so used to
1: things not working out the way she'd hoped or, or she wanted. Yeah, expected. Brutal yeah. man. It was,
2: but it was so like." It was was so sweet you just made your heart break and because she was like look i yeah i like you but that's not what this is about this is you're my friend and i care about you and i'm going to defend you and like she's a you know she's she's a true friend to him and it's just so it's so sad because you know that he's going to lose her yeah as a friend eventually and he's not going to be able to let that go Well,
3: how how deep is it saying you're safe how how much do you think uh that she maybe not be she may not be that safe around him
1: well, that's we, we all we all know eventually how Norman gets, and we know you know temporarily how he's gotten so far. So, is anybody truly? I mean, are you safe? Safe with Norman? I mean, that's that's Norma's point of view about about Dylan and Norman moving in together. Like that, that's why she told Dylan, like, "You can't do this. Here's why. Hmm. You you don't want this. You can't protect him because you don't mm-hmm. know what to look for."
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that Norma would ever do anything to Emma. I really don't. I think that I think Norma, I think Norman would probably <clears throat> um, stuff Emma if Emma ever died. Mm. Does that make sense? Like have her with the dog rather than ever do oh, anything wow. terrible. No, oh, that's
3: very so, unpleasant. That is very unpleasant. Look Isn't at the it, face you have just made me. but,
2: <laughs> but I don't
3: would, think Emma's dad would like that. I would, no, I don't think. Uh, uh, I'm one last job for you. <laughs> he
2: might be the most understanding on Tuesday? out of all of them, but I don't think that he would have any. You know, somebody actually wrote in and said that Norman's blackouts have a lot to do with every time he sees his mother um, in these situations, Mm -hmm. like with the father. And like that seems to be when he blacks out. So maybe those are his triggers. I don't I don't know. I don't know either.
1: We're going to find out, though. Um, wh- now, let me ask you a question, Nando. Wh- yeah. What did you think, um, uh, wh- when I, this is what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, when, when, when Bradley basically lays it down for Norman, the truth of their relationship, like, this thing happened, it shouldn't have happened, I have a boyfriend, all the stuff she said to him, uh, wh- what, what would you, wh- I mean, what do you have going through your head at that moment as a guy? And this
3: is happening You're in the asking hallway. Me, uh, as an experienced guy that has wait, to deal like, with this, or? he's but this
2: assuming is... that you've gone through this before.
4: Is it all over my
3: face? Is it all over my face? Listen, I saw you I'm crying. I'm really sorry. I, saw you I, crying. I miss You're you, the by the way. I maybe you, <laughs> you know who you are. I miss you. Um, I'm never going to
1: forget you, Gina. Would you please, 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 please Call, Mando. call me
3: back, please.
1: Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've left two hundred and forty-seven thousand messages. <laughs> But, you know, what What goes on in your head, I mean, in that moment? And I, I, I just, I can't imagine the rage that must produce. Well, and, you know, and,
3: considering last week when we saw the initial confrontation and he turned into his mom briefly and ran out and said she wasn't a nice girl, and now here he is in daylight in a crowded uh, school dealing with this, and he doesn't know how to deal with it. That's, that's exactly why he ran out. He runs away. He runs away. He can't deal with the emotion. He can't deal with it.
2: I thought the way that Bradley broke it to him, though, was really sweet. It
3: was more gentle, that was for sure. It was. Like,
2: you know, she's like, I have a boyfriend. Like, just please, just forget that it happened. Like, she could have been brutal and mean, but she wasn't. She... You know, on
1: the other th- the other side of it is too that the boyfriend will probably want to beat the living crap out of Norman. So I mean, there's there's that to consider.
2: Oh dear. Boyfriend
1: looked a little bigger than Norman.
2: I didn't even think about that.
1: You know, th- I think that was part of. I don't think Norman's yep. even thinking about that. Himself, I think Bradley might have been thinking about that. Yeah. Like, you know, like I have a boyfriend. He might yeah. kill you. Don't don't little keep talking about does this. No. <laughs> right. Does she know? You don't know who you're playing with.
3: No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no.
1: Well, I, I want to talk about Dylan a little bit in this episode sure. because, uh, and, and I think Dylan and 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 everybody, I think this episode was so much about people kind of really uh, getting the truth about where they are in this in this particular in this town. Because I think so much of of uh, of this, this season has been about the individual drama with 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 each character, and there's been so much of it. But I think this episode is more about big picture and, you know, changing of status. Like we said earlier about normal. Like, Mm -hmm. you are not the big fish here. Mm -hmm. You aren't shit. Mm -hmm. And this is the deal. You're down here. And I think Dylan got a little taste of, of who he is in this whole deal. Um and and you know what what did the what did the old Dylan I, what is his name
2: Remo Remo, Remo
1: why can't why, I have a I have a blank spot What in is my brain.
2: Remo's deal anyway He's like this bitter 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 old man He's
1: got twenty three years working for the big boss and he's as you know and, and and Dylan doesn't even know who the big boss is But all of a sudden Remo's working for Dylan Dylan's the mm-hmm. boss And because, now
2: I'm working for you
1: Right because Remo has no leadership quality. <laughs> <laughs> What is a rough thing for somebody to said to you enough times? Like, listen, you have no leadership quality. I do expect you to come back tomorrow. We'll see you at nine. Yeah, like, you
2: can't quit if you're fired. I'll probably kill you. Right? <laughs> like that's what fired it means, apparently.
1: But I think that that's that's so many things are happening here to to let people know what this is. Like, I think up until this moment, Dylan was laboring under the delusion that you can quit this job. <laughs> you can't freaking quit this job. You know where all the pot plants are. You know where all the growing is happening. You know who the growers are. You know who the seller is. You cannot quit. Yeah. I, I don't think Dylan realized what he'd gotten into. I think this episode is dropping that in his lap. You can't quit. They'll fire you maybe, but you don't want that to happen. Well. I got 23 years and now I'm working for you.
3: Exactly. Well, and you keep referring to it as Dylan from the future, but maybe that's exactly what he is facing right now. That's it. When he looks at him, he's facing a, a life of possibly ending up just like Remo and perhaps eventually having some new kid. Who doesn't know what uh, trimmers are? New or, golden boy. Exactly, new Absolutely. golden boy that he has to answer to.
2: Well, now I have a question for you, gentlemen. <clears throat> um, in the car after yes. they picked up the trimmers, and there was that one guy. Remo was like, "This, this clown. We should, right. we should, we shouldn't let him in. This clown was a, a problem last uh, year. Can we
1: refer to him as ass clown? Ass clown? Ass clown."
2: Uh, this ass clown yes this ass clown was in here and and Dylan was like we're, we're keeping him the boss wanted him we're gonna keep him and then when he was complaining to Remo about the food Dylan had him pull over right and then he now, what, now did he do that as almost showing a sign of respect to Remo that he was like look I'm gonna mm. listen to you because you're right, this guy is causing problems, and I know even though you don't have any leadership qualities, you do. You've been doing this for 23 years, and you do know something. And I felt like it was almost like an olive branch that he was like extending to Remo.
1: I, I thought it was both. I thought it was both letting let, you know, giving Remo the respect that hey, you, you told me to look out for this guy. Turns out the guy is a monkey, and we threw him out. Um, the other thing is establishing your authority. I mean, you know, who's in charge of this bus? The hippies that are going to go pick the uh, that are going to go trim the weed, yeah, or or me.
2: Yeah, and it'll snap everybody else back in line.
1: Absolutely, these people will be here for two weeks. I just found out I
3: can't quit, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm stuck here. This is a long right? job. So but, screw you guys. Plus, um,
2: if I don't want to get into fights with this guy Remo every single night, we got to find a way that he can start respecting Dylan. And so I think that what Dylan did was he started respect. He respected one of Remo's decisions and followed through with it. So then he could get Remo's respect.
1: I, I, I'm, that played a part. I'm sure. But I felt, like, I felt like the way he did it was very much, uh, was much uh, stronger than that. I felt it was more like to establish his authority over everybody. Yeah. And I bet that made that eight-hour or nine-hour car ride a lot quieter after he did that.
2: And a lot tenser.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you, y'all. Anybody else want to take a walk? No? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny.
2: You want to mouth off to the guy with the gun and the bullet hole in his shoulder? Well, that's the
1: thing. is, is what, what Ask Clown was doing, uh, and by Ask Clown I'm referring to hippie with the guitar, he was, you know, he was trying to change status again. Mm-hmm. So much of this episode was about status. You guys were 100 percent right.
4: Power.
3: And yep. so he's
1: saying, you know what? You guys are the drivers. I'm the important guy. Pull over. Get me some food. Screw you. Get out of the car. Walk, mm-hmm. and done. And you know, so who's in charge now? You don't. Th- I don't think anybody of those other hippies had a word to say. Mm-mm. I keep calling them the hippies. That's not fair.
2: Poor ass clown. I wonder how he got home.
1: I'm sure he walked or he, he hitchhiked.
2: <laughs> you know what? I don't care about
1: ass clown. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and he, was, uh, he was, he was, he played the co pilot in that new, uh, that new uh, Battlestar Galactica that didn't take off, Blood and Chrome. Um, if you guys want to check it out, same actor. I don't, didn't have time to grab his name, but he was really good in that. Um, I
2: thought you said his name was Ass Clown. Did
1: I p- don't think that's people? his Christian name. I, don't, I really I don't don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> some people are going to be
2: Googling uh, Ass Clown. IMDb Ass Clown. <laughs> I, I
1: recognize you. You're Ass Clown. Ass Clown has like no credits. This is so weird. <laughs> 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 um,. <laughs> Uh, before we go any further, we would like to take a moment to thank all of you that are downloading us via iTunes. We very, very much appreciate it. Um, uh, and if you are uh, downloading us on the iTunes, please feel free to rate us and, and comment. We do read all the comments, and uh, and we love them. And uh, if you are rating us, please rate us fives, because um, as we've said in the past, we love fives.
2: Yep. San Filippo loves the fives. We love
1: the fives. Um, also, you are able at this time, now that things have gotten so interesting, exciting, and technologically advanced here at AfterBuzz, to stream us live on your your iphones ipads android devices so you can uh, devices devices i'm changing the way it's set i think it's cooler that way okay
2: tomato 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 tomato. that's what nando's doing right now he's actually watching us right now
3: how do we look uh you you look stunning (laughs) i do look stunning (laughs) you look stunning Uh, yes
1: i'm telling you facial reconstructive (laughs) surgery then it cuts (laughs) then it
3: cuts to me and then and then the the ipad breaks (laughs) so (laughs) there you go (laughs) Uh,
1: so uh, you can do like nando does and stream us live um do we uh, let, let, let's talk about uh, let's talk about predictions? Ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: And now you're after Buzz TV
1: predictions. I love I love that drop. It always makes me so happy, <laughs> Mr. Nando Velasquez. What are your predictions?
3: Well, I mean, we talked to her a little bit about it, but it, I really feel like it, from that first scene with her back in the pilot. Uh, that Miss Watson has a bigger role to play, and uh, I know you so expertly tried to get it out of her. Did you did uh, so you see expertly? It? Did you hear that? that was nice with precision. I, I'm so subtle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what? Wh- what happens now? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You can't tell us.
3: <laughs> Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's very Scooby Dooish. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but but you're definitely going to see a lot more of her and I do agree with the whole Norma Miss Watson battle I think there will be one brewing. Uh you know I would have to say if someone was going to die no uh, no one has die, but if someone ought to But if someone ought to die I would think she would be a front runner for Who? a death. Miss Watson? Really? I would think so. You huh. think Miss Watson could be killed? I I well I think she's going to have a problem with Norma. And I think uh, hmm. and Norman's already kinda had a little uh weird uh fantasy sequence with you know, he blacks out around her. So if she starts getting to be a little more closer with Norman, I think her life's gonna be in danger. That's what I'm gonna say.
1: You suspect that Miss Watson could be killed. Keegan Connor Tracy could be killed yes. she by the will, end of the scene. by the will, end of the show.
3: She by the end of the show she could be killed and then she'll just keep being the blue fairy. And there she is, right time. there. There she is. there
1: she is. She has no idea she's walking it. She doesn't even know. She has no idea. All right, all right, do a Casey. So, what do you got for us?
2: Well, uh, aside from the prediction that you totally blasted out for me, that I do believe that <laughs> Sheriff Romero is the big boss, I think, based on what we saw of the, the coming this week, um, Abernathy gets to be quite a thorn in Norma's side. And I think that um, Norman is actually going to end up killing Abernathy.
1: Mm. Ooh.
2: Yeah, my wow. last Norman killing prediction was right, so you guys better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I think that something is going to happen. Abernathy is going to get really upset. Norma's going to get backed into a corner because she can't control the situation. And Norman is going to come save the day. It's gonna be another caper. Because you know she can't do capers on her own. She no, she's
1: not capers. she's not able. She's not what did we say? She's not capable qualified. Not <laughs> <caper> capable capable. <laughs> is Carrie caper capable? I don't know. Who's <laughs> carrying? Well we know that Carrie is not caper capable capable. I, I can't do that. It's too fast. All, right, all, all right. 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 Here's here's my predictions for are you are you prediction? I'm done. You're done. I'm
2: done. I'm, I'm she's predicted.
1: You're prediction down. <laughs> I'm prediction. All right, here's my prediction. I think can I just do my prediction before drop he <laughs> drops the music on me? I think that Abernathy is obviously going to drop an enormous pile of shit on Norma. I think that she has screwed up big time. I think that Abernathy is going to be connected to everyone. I think that's what we're yep. going to learn about him, is mm. that he is, he is pulling the strings all over town.
3: I think that's a good one.
1: And she's going to be in a world of shit. Mm. Um, I think that Norma will also turn on Dylan really quickly. Once she realizes that all the people staying in her hotel, those lovely hippies that are paying for rooms, are in fact trimming pot somewhere around. She's going to figure that out, and I think that's going to blow
3: up. I think she'll see the smoke coming out of the room. She'll uh, smell something. She'll smell something. Is that some skunk? That's the skunky good weed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Somebody hit a skunk? Dylan! that,
3: That weed smells
1: soapy. I'm getting too deep into the weed. Okay. Well, Nando Velasquez, where can we find you, sir? You can
3: find me on Twitter at NandoVel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L, and here on After Buzz uh, for some other stuff. <laughs> it's summertime, so it's a mix. I, I can't even keep track anymore. Well said, Hannibal, with you and uh, and Joe. Yes, uh, San, uh, and Joe Braswell. and uh, and uh, I think I'm gonna be doing Defiance. I'm Ooh, that's exciting! Into that one, that's gonna be cool. Yeah,
1: uh, you know what? I, it occurs to me we never talked about Zach Shelby. That we got to see Zach Shelby one more time in in in, in uh, He bed. was
2: back. Yeah,
1: Zach he, Shelby yep. returns from the dead. Uh, yep. Taxidermied up, yep. as it turns out. Yeah, uh, that was unpleasant. Just want to mention that. Okay. Um, Dua Casey, where can we find you?
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, at at Dua Casey. D U A K A I S S I. And that's excellent. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give you my address or anything.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you, you sure? First three numbers. First three right. numbers. Uh,
1: <laughs> give us a hint. Um, it- and I'm Joe Sanfilippo. You can find me at Joe Flippo on the Twitters, and you can find me here uh, at, at AfterBuzz for The Mad Men on Sunday nights, and also uh, with Nando Val and Joe uh, Joe Braswell for. Um, for H- Hannibal, um, I'm not sure when we're doing that, but we are doing that. Yeah, and uh, uh, there's another one I do, we'll isn't there? It. Uh, and uh, Bates Motel here. Uh, that's it. We did the other. one. That's ones. it, right now. Yeah, it all- was such a pleasure hanging out with you guys. Even though we were a little all over the place today with our with our interview, we want to thank Keegan, uh, Keegan Connor Tracy, yes. for calling in. She was fantastic. Keegalicious. She was Keegalicious. Yes. <laughs> I'm telling you these people are going to go to the wrong Kegels, the kegel on uh, there's, there's kegel? a kegel somewhere that people shouldn't think us her. It was such a pleasure, you guys. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Marissa, our wonderful producer.
0: From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Afterbuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the Afterbuzz TV network.